then let, let's just let's rock, as they say. Let's rock. <laughs> as the yeah. arm says. Now we know why his name is the arm. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we, no, it's we fine. don't. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. That's the thing that's gonna be funny. Like, we have to cash in on all the times that we've been like, "You'll figure it. You'll they'll tell you." And it's like you get to season three. And it's like, no, they anymore. fucking won't. No, you can't do that anymore. Now, now people know that they don't tell you shit. We lied the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest grip of four four three zero is just David Lynch's area code. It's just. Where <laughs> There's nothing real. Nothing Rich, to say. It's, it's Richard Nixon and Linda Linda Hamilton. He just really likes politicians uh, and the Terminator. <laughs> right. I'm going to bring us into it. Everybody ready? Groovy. Yeah. All right. Starting the episode in three, two. Welcome to Chats, a television podcast, season 12, Peaks Chats, the return now. My name is Magellan, and they're the Richard to my Linda. It's Alan. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the spookiest season of Chats, a television podcast yet. It's the second half of our Peaks Chats uh, grand storytelling adventure. spookier than when we covered the newsroom. Oh, that is true, though. You know? They did. Did they did do know. a genocide? They did a, a sorry a Geno a Genoa. Excuse me. Genoa, yeah, very different. <laughs> and joining us for this episode and our entire coverage of the return, something's missing, and we have to. Oh, it's it's Ryan. Hey, Ryan. We Hello. Found you. I'm here. You were what found was missing. Dang, that's R- Steve. Ryan, are you the person in the box in the glass box? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> After Sunshine. 25 years, he cracked out of it, and then you just lacerated some very <laughs> horny teenagers. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why would you do that? And why'd you do that? That's fun. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, uh, we're excited, well. folks. Um, and I just wanted to say it because um, I am taking the reins here to say that we are talking about... The new Twin Peaks, and by new, we mean 2017's Twin Peaks, The Return, which, uh, you know, limited series, miniseries, third season of a television show, whatever you want to call it, 18-hour movie, 18 episodes of television, we watching them, we is watching them, and we is here to talk about parts one and two, which aired together, Magellan, tell me what they are. Part one is, well, okay, so we usually do the credits and stuff. All of these were directed by David Lynch and written by Frost and Lynch, I believe. I don't think yes. there's an episode that has different credits. Ryan's nope. saying yes. Uh, so I'll just tell you what these are called and when they aired. The first part is also known by the tagline, My Log Has a Message for You. And the second part is also known by the tagline, The Stars Turn and a Time Presents Itself. 
and both of them first aired on May 21st, 2017. Whoa. So, we're uh, here. We're here. Ryan, yeah. you wanted to start by giving the folks a sort of introductory primer on uh, on the return? Yeah. Yeah. First, I want to say this has been a long time coming. We knew that I was going to be on with season three since mm-hmm. before I like moved to cities and started living <laughs> in a different place. Wow. So it's yeah. been it's been a wild year. And yeah, so for the start of season three, I just want to give some context on how season three came about, the general timeline, um, and some recommendations for people if they're if they've only watched Twin Peaks, what else should they watch besides this if they're having trouble getting into season three? So the Blu-ray set came out in the summer of twenty fourteen. Dang, I remember that. I remember that actually. No, oh, it, wow. it was. It was. <laughs> I was working a summer job where I got paid like way more than I was used to being paid, and my first <laughs> paycheck I bought this Blu-ray set. <laughs> <laughs> Great use of a paycheck. That's awesome. And so that happens in October of that same year. David Lynch and Mark Frost at the same time tweeted that Gummy Lake is going to come back in style. Hell yeah. Uh, hashtag damn good coffee. And everybody was like, oh shit, what the fuck? Um, and then they announced that they're working on Twin Peaks season three with Showtime. Um, it was going to be a limited event series. Along the way between 2014 and mid 2015, David Lynch announced that he was leaving the project because um, basically what happened, Lynch and Frost pitched the pilot, which we're talking about today, the Mm two-hour pilot, Mm -hmm. Um, and then Showtime was like, yep, cool, and then they wrote the rest of it, came back with it, came back with a budget, and Showtime was like, nah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So David Lynch bowed out of the project for... A short amount of time before they got that negotiated sorted out Mm -hmm. um so they got the budget they wanted the amount of episodes um and so and then they shot the uh project in the middle of 2015 uh took about a year to do principal photography they ended in 2016 and then came out of summer of 2017 um you know along the way of that even like we got news that Catherine Coulson, the log lady, passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Kyle McLaughlin like hopping on Twitter to reassure everybody that she already shot her scenes. Um, so we knew we knew that going into. Yeah. And so want to give that brief context in terms of what everybody kind of knew going in. Um, and then if you're having trouble getting into this season, which I wouldn't blame you because it is way different from the original series even even firewalk with me it's a bit different Mm -hmm. um i recommend watching maholland drive and lost highway Mm -hmm. um those two movies are similar in tone to season three um and are similar thematically as well i think if you watch at least one of those it'll kind of give you a good primer um in terms of being in the right headspace for season three so uh, Mm -hmm. that's my little introduction Hmm. I love it, and I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm jumping at, the, I'm chomping at the bit here because I'm, I'm so thrilled because I've, I have not watched the return since it aired. 
Um, I watched it on Showtime, like so mm-hmm. many people did, uh, and had just finished Twin Peaks along with a bunch of our friends back in uh, in that era, that period of time. And right away, getting into the, these episodes, I feel like I was remembering things and and like appreciating things I've never appreciated before. Um, mm-hmm. Magellan, mm-hmm. you've you've mentioned before your 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 experience with the return, correct? You've watched about half of it or so. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure it's a similar thing with when we were covering studio 60 on the sunset strip and i kept being like okay i think the next one was the last one i watched uh where i don't remember exactly where i left off i know that i've seen up through episode eight which is like a significant episode Mm -hmm. um and i feel like i've seen up through the next one maybe up through 10 i'm not sure but uh we alan you and i initially watched the original series of Twin Peaks in 2015. And then, so I think we must have been aware of the things that Ryan was talking about, about how a, a new season was coming when we were watching yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I remember us being aware of that. And I remember David Lynch leaving the project and being like, ah, what's going on here? Um, and then, yeah, I think I was borrowing your Showtime login uh, yeah. to, to watch <laughs> The Return and then you finished it, and it, you stopped paying for Showtime, and I didn't <laughs> hadn't finished it because I had mm-hmm. like fallen behind a while, and uh, that's the reason I never finished a return because I didn't want to have another streaming service subscription, and here we are. <laughs> here we Who are. Needs them? Um, so yeah, well, it's going to be interesting too because. Unlike the original Twin Peaks, we kind of knew the dis. Me and Alan kind of knew the like surrounding discourse of the show as it was airing. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that'll be fun to reminisce as well. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's it's worth mentioning for folks who've uh, who have not watched the return and are watching it for the first time with us. We're gonna do our absolute darndest to not spoil anything ahead of what we're discussing. Uh, yeah. Ryan and I, and, and all of us, uh, even after we get past the point where Magellan's watched. Um, mm. We want people to be able to watch the show with us. We know a couple of our friends here have, have not watched it. Um, and it definitely benefits from not spoiling the whole thing. Because um, yep. it's a it's a deliberate journey. There was, for example, speaking of discourse, a lot of jokes, as we've made on the podcast before, about <laughs> whether or not is this an 18-hour movie or is it 18 episodes of television? <laughs> Which is such an exhausting, unnecessary argument that I'm not even willing to court it here on the podcast. Wow, we're <laughs> okay. not even going to bring it up. I, I mean, I, that was that was me bringing it up. Like, it, <laughs> it's been brought up, tabled. I think it's Damn. 180 short films. That's what I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think something that uh, shaped my... An interesting experience of watching The Return that I want other people to have that I had at the time is like at this point when you rewatch the original Twin Peaks, if you're someone who is like into pop culture in any sort of way, you've probably been exposed to some references to Twin Peaks or people have talked to you about it. You probably know like, okay, the first season's like this. The second season I heard gets pretty bad, right? Like there are tons of people who I've talked to about Twin Peaks in the time that we've done the podcast who know those things and have not seen the show. Mm-hmm. And it's such a stark difference to be able to watch The Return where I feel like that that discourse and like uh, pop culture, you know, knowledge and baked in assumptions about the show don't exist really. Yeah. Um, 
maybe or it does it does in like sub communities right 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 there are certain places but it hasn't yeah uh reached as far and wide as original twin peaks yeah partly because it wasn't as widely watched uh, right and partly because it's more recent so i and i think it benefits from watching it uh in that way where you don't necessarily know what to expect from it yeah, it's also one of the most unpredictable shows I've ever seen. So yeah, yeah, uh, I want to keep that experience preserved for other folks. For yeah, sure. yeah. The the one thing that I think hindsight gives us the benefit of is um, I was legitimately frustrated, like a lot of people were, by the returns, like pacing. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure if you already mm-hmm. if you come to parts one and two, and you're <laughs> like, and you're like, here we go, day Agent Cooper and coffee and donuts and Twin Peaks. And it's not until the end of the second hour or whatever that we see uh, Twin Peaks in like full and we're in the roadhouse and you're like, oh, fuck, that's the show I'm watching. So like, yeah, just have faith in the show that it's going to get you where you want to be. And then some it will get there. It'll take a fucking while, though, I promise. But it's worth it. And if I can chime in with a quick production thing, David Lynch is already a filmmaker who likes quiet, slow moments. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Mark Frost wanted to write something that felt like you were watching a novel that slowly builds. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. if you think these first few episodes are really slow, it's because <laughs> they, they are, they, they they are. are and it's intentional. It's intentional, right. and you can stick with it, and it'll pay off. It's I promise you. Well, come back to me I... in like six episodes, and you'll be like, "Come on, you can't be serious." I promise <laughs> you. Well, and also I think. The other thing about the return is that, like, at least from the parts I've watched, the things that are most interesting about it and rewarding have nothing to do with, like, we're back in Twin Peaks and look, yeah, here, there's James. Like, that stuff actually isn't even the reason to watch this at a certain point. There's yeah. there's other stuff going on that you're like, whoa, okay. Yeah, I think this pilot does a pretty good job of... Um, mixing in like old stuff and also telling you up front like this is going to be something different yeah and whenever it suggests stuff like someone drinks a cup of coffee and just doesn't say anything and you're like wait like it knows that you're expecting that and a lot of the the season is also about like we know what you want and we know what and we're going to challenge why you want it exactly like what's this comfort of like to twin Mm -hmm. like i just wanted old twin peaks again david lynch and Nick frost did not want to give you that and it's something different mm-hmm. and something really interesting. So that's our sort of preamble. Um, but let's actually talk about this this two part uh, beginning of the season, parts one and two. Yeah, um, let's do it. So part one opens the cinematic event of the year. And uh, what do we get? We get some Laura stuff. We get some curtains, just kind of like yeah, settings. Yeah, we get. Um, I know we get the um, the scene with. Uh, the old scene with Cooper and Laura in the red room from the finale, um, where mm-hmm. Laura says, I'll meet, I'll see you again in 25 years. Of course, you have to put that in if you're doing this. <laughs> right. What, <laughs> Impossible what not to. Like, ah, yeah. we did it. Yeah. And it's interesting <laughs> the way this scene, so it's like cropped 16 by nine uh-huh. and the color grading is like different. It, so it, for, to me, it felt like I was watching new footage, even though it's like clearly yeah. from '90s from Peaks. Yeah, right. It's really crisp. And so um, we get, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. With, sorry, go ahead. You had it. No, I was just. We get the. We get some shots from the pilot, 
like the the empty hallway and like the girls screaming going across the courtyard um oh and then we get like a the we get a shot of the mill mill watch 2021 mill watch (laughs) (laughs) remember the mill plot here it is this is the only mill plot there's the mill (laughs) there's the mill done not 27 episodes of mill just the mill doesn't even doesn't even get to be in the credits anymore now it's just a waterfall (laughs) Mm -hmm. now it's a shout out hey remember the mill here's (laughs) anyways (laughs) meanwhile um and then and then it zooms into laura's face and then the Twin Peaks logo pops up and we hear the music again. Instant nostalgia. I think this these these episodes do a great job of, re- of incorporating Battlementi's score when they need to. And, yeah. And absolutely be giving you none of it when they don't need to. I uh, will say I straight up cried when I saw this for the first time. It's intense. <laughs> straight up. Because uh, you get the Twin Peaks theme and you're like, fuck, it's, they're using the same theme. But then it slowly fades, and you're above the waterfall in a drone shot, looking down, which is beautiful. And then it like fit, the curtains fade mm. in, and it's like mimicking the waterfall. And then that slowly fades into like the red room um, floor. It's just beautiful and emotional. Um, I, I and I think it's just perfect for for this season. The season where like the the abstract and the reality are like blending together, um, yeah, it's perfect. It's great. Yeah, really sets the tone very well. And then we jump twenty five years later, and uh, we're in black and white. We're in a new space that I'm not familiar with. And there's Cooper, and there's the giant Carol Striken, twenty five years older, still looking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a phonograph nearby. And the giant just kind of drops some uh, sort of weird phrases. It is in our house now. Uh, it cannot be said aloud now. And most importantly, Cooper, you need to remember 430 and Richard, Richard and Linda. Linda. Two, Two birds, birds with one, with one stone. stone. <laughs> he also says, listen to the sounds. And this, I mean, this is the sound. Listen to the sounds. What's what's going on? What's that sound? Yeah. What does it sound like to you? That to me, that sounds like a rotary phone. Oh my god! A weeks of discourse is rushing black. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So many people on Reddit just like took that sound file and was like, "What is it? What is it?" If I reverse it, it sounds like Cooper saying, "I." That's right. So good. Um, yeah, I think this is. I think this is a good way to open. Um. Just in terms of like we're in an unfamiliar area, but um, you know, it's it starts off like season two does. We see the giant, we see Cooper, it's Twin mm-hmm. Peaks. It's Twin Peaks. This and is think, yeah, when people say like, Oh no, there's no Cooper in the beginning of season three, it's like, no, he's right there. What are you talking about? <laughs> well it's Cooper. I think, I think they're talking about the next part of the beginning yes. of season three. <laughs> I also want to point out that the giant also says, you are far away. You are far away. As as Cooper disappears in a video effect. Yeah. Love it. Also, it's we don't know that it's the giant. Because in the credits, Carol Stroykin is credited as question mark, 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 question mark. Interesting. It's Carol Stroykin. Who else? It's him. Yeah. I feel like you're like... 
they're they're gonna hint they're obviously hinting at something uh, they're hinting at something coming up later but you don't cast that guy and not he it's i feel like him casting him is fairly it's like clearly grounding you in like here's familiar twin peaks right 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 you know yeah something that i really liked about this opening scene uh, at first i thought this was the red room and it had like I don't know. Something right. had happened to it, but then we see the red room in the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I like the sense that this gives that even the otherworldly things change with time, because yeah. in the original series, all the stuff with Bob and the man from another place and the red room, and it it always infused with this kind of like timelessness of like these things have always been here they're in the woods right and they're sort of like that but in these first two episodes some of the characters have changed and there's like new motivations among these otherworldly characters and there's just a sense that like time passing has been significant for them as well um which is cool because it's like okay i I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I know some, it could be anything basically. Yeah. And it's also like pointing out like the possibility space has expanded without right. like, even without directly telling you. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the, these two episodes are, and a lot of the season ends up being about like what, what exactly changes? Like you, you say 25 years later and we're not just going to be like, everyone's a little bit older. Like, there are things that are fundamentally different about right. like, how Hawk has a smartphone. Them. Hawk has a smartphone. Hawk talks to Margaret all the time. Like they, it's just the two of them doing mystery solving. Like it's yeah. Twin Peaks has changed. The world has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll mention here that I I bought the Blu-ray because Ryan had recommended getting a like non-streaming version of this because uh, David Lynch be learning video effects in uh, in Premiere and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. Immediately when we got to the first scene of the forest and the old man buys the shovels from the other old man, uh, I was like, oh, my God, the forest looks amazing. This is what I come to yeah. Twin Peaks for. Let's get some good yeah. woods here. Yes. So one of those guys was Dr. Jacoby. Dr. Jacoby, yeah. You got it. Mm-hmm. I only knew that because I listened to the Twin Peaks rewatch episode about this episode. <laughs> and they said that. And they said they didn't know that. It's not that, that obvious. I, that's why I didn't want to mention it because it's not that obvious. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, the way some of these episodes are shot, it definitely biases like having a larger screen. Mm, I get maybe yeah. this is David Lynch punishing you for watching this on a phone, <laughs> on a right. talking telephone. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, if you're yeah. watching this on like a big screen TV, you see Russ Tamblin take off those glasses, yeah. to yeah. reveal the 3D glasses. Yep. Um, but um, and I think that's a bit of a bummer. Um, on the other hand, I do like the sort of feeling that you're like looking in on someone instead of like being mm-hmm. in the scene. Like you're looking at Jacoby's home from like really far away. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, feels like, like, it feels like a scene that you weren't supposed to be there for. Yeah. Like it's just an exchange of money for a product. And yet I'm like, oh, I'm here. And like, I guess this is Twin Peaks. Okay, what's what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. He buys some shovels from an old man. Um, and then... Speaking of David Lynch and company having fun with camera work, uh, we pan to motherfucking New York City. And you're like, what? 
New York, David Lynch doesn't like to do cities that often, except unless they're deeply horrifying. And lo and behold, he makes New York City so scary, so scary. This beautiful and iconic uh, part of American culture, and we pan up, up buildings that part as if they are like the Red Sea or something, and uh, we go into the the billionaire's, uh, you know, warehouse or whatever, and uh, we meet a young boy. Does he get a name? His name on yeah, the wiki he is has Sam. That might be right. Yeah, Sam Colby, I guess. But I don't think that's actually said yeah. at any point. I was um, just calling him Greg in my notes. Yeah, he's a Greg. He was very much cast for having an, a normal face. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. There's so much obsession with symmetry in these scenes, though, because like the, a lot of shots are just his face straight on, and you notice a lot of like ace. No human being is symmetrical, and you notice a lot of asymmetry when you like just look at this guy Sam staring at the camera. He's a student. He's taking this job where he has to go to this billionaire's warehouse and go to the millionth floor, go past the security guard and stand in front of or sit in front of a gigantic glass box with a little uh, window hole that looks out on the city and a bunch of video cameras that are filming it. And his whole job is when the cameras, when the voice on the microphone tells him, you know, camera three, he takes the SD card out. He puts it in a gigantic monolith of SD cards and puts a new one in. And that's his whole job. Mm-hmm. I, I love this. I adore. This is like the one of the most memorable like sets in their return. Yeah. This freaking tea, this glass box. I mean, there's a lot of talk about David Lynch using like, especially since Fire Walk With Me, using different things to represent TV. Mm-hmm. And like, what's like the, the window between like the viewer and us. And I, I don't necessarily, I don't, I feel equipped to get big brained about that just yet but there's definitely something about like this guy just sits idly in front of a a glass box all day and like occasionally interacts with it um right but he has uh, a lady friend named tracy who brings him coffee and she really wants to go in and their performances (laughs) are really surreal and weird i (laughs) captured a three-line exchange after tracy's told that she can't go in shoot top secret (laughs) <laughs> now I'm so curious you're driving me crazy <laughs> not how people talk cool. at all it's <laughs> well, and then there's later on where he's like you're a bad girl Tracy oh yeah that's right <laughs> he, he reads really like, like a young David Lynch <laughs> I also really like the beginning of that scene where she's like I brought coffee and he's like damn you can't come in <laughs> uh-huh not allowed that's the that's my one job Uh, my one thing is to not let you in tracy yeah apparently the person who plays tracy madeline zima was like a major character on californication so she's just doing the like premium cable rounds um gotcha uh does anybody know who the security guard is no who's that actor it is michael bespang who is a retired ufc fighter what that's kind of fun. <laughs> so, oh, he was in yeah. Triple X: Return of Xander Cage. Oh, is he like a big Twin F- Twin Peaks fan or something? I don't know. He's I think from David Cyprus. Lynch, I think David Lynch just likes this dude. He's got a cool face. He's got He's a very got a, much like Dave. In this season, David Lynch likes distinctive faces. Yes. Let's yes. Say. Hugely. And sometimes it's ableist, and yeah. sometimes it isn't. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like these are people with non-traditional faces. Yeah. Um. So the security guard is obviously just staring at them, doesn't say anything. Uh. And then another day goes by, and I think it's either later that day or another day. It's not made clear. Um. But she goes back. The guard is gone. He's like, it's "Where the did the guard day, go?" Yeah. 
and she brings the, the lattes uh, and they go inside the, the glass, the glass box room together and they hang out. Yep. yep. And they make the one fatal mistake of any characters in a scary thing. And they yeah. try to have sex with each other. It's foolish. Couldn't be me. Ugh. So foolish. So dumb. Um, technically, this stuff happens interspersed with other things, which kind of is makes it suspenseful. But we can just can't conclude it. Basically, yeah. they're flirting. They decide, let's make out. Making out turns into them having sex. Through she's like doing stuff to him. And then something in the box wakes up and says, uh-uh, not allowed. No, we're <laughs> go to horny jail. And... <laughs> It climbs out. It's a naked. It looks feminine. It has breasts. It's yeah. hairless, faceless. It's gray. It jumps out. It screams. There's a lot of vid- cool video effects. And then they uh, are horribly uh, ripped apart. They, they get owned. They get super owned. They get headshot. It, it's, a trip, it's a triple kill. There's something about, first of all, this whole scene, the way it's shot is so... Like the the it clo- does the close ups on the individual cameras, the yeah. pacing of this, the dread that's building the yep. whole time, the way the box fills with a dark mist, and you're like, oh god, I don't understand what's in that box, but I know it's gonna be horrible. Yeah. And then the thing that appears, you're like, of course, of course, that's what's in that box. <laughs> of course, it's a fucking like gray nightmare monster lady thing. Of course, it's like something David Lynch looks like he painted or something. Yeah, right? and then the way the the color grading in this makes the blood look like it's just like sludge or it's just yeah, it it's owns. all really good and it tells you like, hey, this is a this is Twin Peaks now. This is what we're <laughs> doing. Then we're yeah. gonna do stuff like this. The return is quite violent, and it's good that they set that yeah. up early, so you're not like yeah. shocked by it later. Because obviously, when we get to Mister C, it's like violence every other scene. Um, so they are horribly killed. Um, we don't now, really pick up you, from that. Something you said, you said that something in the box awakens, and mm-hmm. I kind of got the sense that the box was. This is clarified in the second. This is clarified episode, yeah. but the it seems like the box is meant to catch something. As opposed to uh, contain something that's already in it. Yeah. Uh, because in the second episode, we'll, well talk Cooper about it more later, it. but Cooper pat like passes through the box mm-hmm. uh, on his, his wild ride. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's somehow linked to, I don't know, the otherworldly things that are related to the Black Lodge or something. I think that's but, basically yeah. it's it, it's a portal. And certain things pass through the portal when certain when certain things happen. So, for example, I just understand it as like the thing was waiting for like sex to happen, and then was like, "Oh, here I go," and then popped out. Mm. The thing has the thing has been released. It is in our house now. Um, and then Cooper comes out when other stuff happens. Um, that's how I understand it. But, anyways, that's New York City. We don't see New York City again until Cooper hey, comes out of it. Part hey. two. Multiple interpretations with this season. Also, yeah, this like. is let's let's clarify. This is how Alan's interpreting it. I'm not telling you anything oh, yeah. that is necessarily right. Uh, um, there are uh, things there are things in this season that are explained, but nothing as corny as oh shit, the gum you like. <laughs> yeah. back in style. No one's ever gonna uh, do that. That was my most favoritest gum of all. <laughs> I forgot about that. Forgot about that too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my hot take here's my hot take i'll i'll just lay it out there i think that the thing that came through uh and scratched them all up was 
Laura Palmer somehow or something. Okay. Because Laura got sucked out of the Black Lodge in the second episode. Oh, sure. sure. I don't know. Sure. We'll, you know. We'll have lots of time to talk about that. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, we actually do get to cut back to Twin Peaks in between all this other stuff, though. And uh, so, yeah, this is the part where I was like, I don't know. You, we watched the show on a weekly basis for the past few months, and you kind of get into the groove of Twin Peaks. Yeah, and then going straight into this, it does some Twin Peaks shit, and then it cuts to the exterior of the Great Northern, and I'm like, oh shit. I'm watching Twin Peaks. Oh, <laughs> I'm not in New York anymore. Now I'm back home. This is great. It now. just felt like it just felt like I don't like it felt so of a piece with the original series. that I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What? Right. And and right. yet there's still something surreal. Like I, I mentioned in our discussion of season two, I think it was in like the Tremont uh, knocking on the new Tremont person's house door. How like sometimes things are just a little bit off in a way that's like uncanny. And seeing Ben and Jerry again, almost recreating one of their first interactions in season one, was very <laughs> uncanny to me. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, it cuts to the Great Northern and it feels like Ben is just like right where we left him. Yeah, like we just right. resumed play on a cassette or something and it's like, oh, here's Ben. Ben uh, still has the sign on his, or the little, his name written in wood on his desk. <laughs> He's still a businessman. And uh, we're introduced to Beverly, who's played by Ashley Judd. And uh, him and her seem to probably have a thing, but Jerry makes fun of him for it. Uh, there's nope. a skunk in the hotel, <laughs> which <laughs> I just love the detail. It's like in the background of Ben and Jerry's conversation that there is uh, just happens to be a skunk. And like there's a guest who's mad about it. Um, I like this a lot. This actually felt kind of nice. It does. It, you know, speaking of resuming Ben Horn's arc. What what about the whole like, I'm good now. And I beat my I got my head smashed against the side of a fireplace. Well, he told. Well, he's he's yeah. definitely more like chill and like reserved. Right? Yeah, he tells Jerry he's to not... respect women. I mean, he's great. Now. <laughs> he's a feminist now. Thank yeah. God. He's not like walking around smoking cigars. He's chilling at his desk. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just managing doing a hotel. Right. Things are. There's a sense of normalcy here again. Um, and Jerry is a fucking uh, stoner. <laughs> is a stoner. What I like turns about, out. What I like about Jerry in this is that he's changed all the ways he needed to to stay the same person. Exactly. You know I mean? That's yep. so well said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> his entrance. I got his entrance line right here. <laughs> Sweet and sour, salty, crunchy. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> and I like love an edibles business now or something like that. Yeah, and I love when when Ben introduces Beverly to him, he like bows his head and <laughs> places his hand on his heart. Like, hmm. yeah, that's oh, Jerry Horn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very respectful Jerry Horn, of course. Jerry grows weed now. I like the part where he says, "Where have you been, Ben?" like the the viewer <laughs> the viewer constantly being like where has everyone been I need to know tell me everything that's been going on mm. more time passes and we also I just want to shout out the end the last line of the scene where Ben after a moment of silence just goes is that mother's hat oh yeah just yeah beautiful little button I like that that's I forgot to write fun, that one yeah. down um fun. it's twenty five years later and Lucy Brennan is back y'all. Uh, and she's still working at the sheriff's department. She's still wearing great sweaters, and she yeah. still knows barely knows how to use certain technology. <laughs> I cannot believe they brought the missing pieces shit to this. <laughs> cannot believe it. Which thing is missing pieces? She doesn't know how phones work. Oh right, 
Oh shit, that's not in the scene, Rip. That's not in the rip. scene? Spoiler. I was like, wait. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. I spoiled the bit where Lucy doesn't know I found Dork. Yeah. I think it comes up later in a few episodes. Not here, though. I forgot this was insurance guy. This is just insurance guy who comes up to her and is like, I would like to speak to Sheriff Truman. And she goes, which one? He goes, what right. do you mean, which one? And she goes, it matters. Uh, right. Because- this is them seeding the, yeah, that whole thing. Michael yep. Odkeen is not in the, the Twin Peaks return. We can tell folks from now. Um, yep, he decided not to come back. Unfortunately, oh, it do was you know his if it was like choice? Yeah, yeah, he he decided not to come back. Damn, it's a bummer. Um, but there's another there's another Truman. One is out fishing, I guess, and the guy gives her his card and leaves. That's all we get at Lucy though. Uh, in these two episodes, just a little, just a little taste, a little bit of Lucy. Just a little. Sometimes you need a little awkward insurance guy. That storms out for no reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Super good. And um, then, folks, we are introduced to the man of the hour, the star, the antagonist of, of right now, at least, of uh, Twin Peaks The Return, a show without a protagonist, you could say. Uh, it's the new Agent Cooper, new and improved, a.k.a. In my notes, I'm referring to him as Mr. C. Uh, this is the Cooper that got out of the Black Lodge after season two. Um he is long-haired. He's very tan in a way that's kind of gross and wrinkly. <laughs> yeah. His hair is so long. He wears a leather jacket now. It's, yet it's still Kyle McLaughlin acting his McLaughlin acting his ass off. Yeah. Um, How do we feel about this design? It's, I, yeah, go ahead. Al. I mentioned it in um, at some point in Peaks chats, but it reminds me of uh, like the bad guy in the stand, Randall Flagg. I remembered it this time <laughs> where it's yeah. just like the evil, like the most evil men that people can imagine are like guys from the South who wear leather jackets. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. evil. Yeah. It does feel, it does feel very, uh, Kingian in, in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think what I, when we talked about, um, Oh, it, the one arbitrary law or drive the dead girl or one of those, like after you learn that Bob and is possessing Leland or however you want to describe that, we talked a bit about once you know that seeing Bob Leland, uh, wearing the suit and having his golf clubs and in his nice drop top convertible and the way that Bob is like enjoying the luxuries of being this upper class suburban guy. Uh, I thought that that really said something and seeing Bob now as just this, it doesn't really, I don't know what it says. I, I think Al and I were having a conversation via text earlier about how Bob is kind of like in the zone of the world where there are the most precarious people that he can take advantage of. Um, and so maybe it's less like, you know, this sort of guy is evil and more like people in, in these circles are vulnerable to evil guys. Mm. Um, and I think also a a reality of it is Frank Silva by this point has passed away. Right. Uh, Mm. and just through the costuming, they're trying to communicate like, Hey, this is this is Bob, and so they're dressing. Well, it's Bob. also it's also Cooper's doppelganger, kind of mixed in too. Right. It's it's yeah. That's it's technically Cooper's doppelganger, but it's also 
it's it's both you know right bob's in there though right isn't he yes yeah so yeah i i think what they're trying to do is like evoke the way that frank silva was dressed as bob for sure and since frank silva's inclusion in the show and the way that he was dressed was just sort of an accident of him being caught in the mirror one day and that's what he was wearing it's kind of hard to like talk about if this is a commentary on something or if it's a problem or whatever because it just was like frank silva was wearing a jean jacket one day and that kind of like shapes (laughs) how we costume bob i don't know so I, i have mixed feelings about it yeah i really didn't like it when i first watched the season um the more i kind of sit with it the more i like it um on this viewing um it really feels with leland you get the sense that bob has to sort of blend in mm-hmm. in order to avoid because he has obligations leland has a wife and child and a job um whereas cooper kind of has the leisure to kind of walk away from everything mm-hmm. um and so bob can just disappear and do kind of what he wants and you get the sense that this is sort of this evil spirit um kind of having autonomy and doing and kind of settling into what they want to be in this world as opposed mm-hmm. to worrying about blending in because they're already like we're already seeing evil cooper go into like weird abstract places that we have zero context for as if they're kind of otherworldly but kind of not um so he's just like traveling in this way where he finds these people that are sort of like like like-minded um and there's something about it that's just like if this evil spirit just like was on the earth this would this he would be like this right yeah, it's I think the point I was also making to Magellan is like evil has changed. The nature the banality of evil has changed in twenty five years. There's a lot it's a lot more common for people to just like be there are a lot more criminals in the world and a lot more people down on their luck who are harming others for their own gain. And Mr. C is taking advantage of that. He's crossing across he's going across America and just like finds people and has this like network of of, of young mostly young people, honestly. Um, that are his sort of resources and people listen to him and, and he has a sort of strong, intimidating personality. He, yeah. And the perform he feels like an alien, you know? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't know how a body works. Even though he's been in it for 25 years. Mm-hmm. He speaks, he knows how to move, but everything is just like, it's almost like the way they play it in the missing pieces where, um, you know, he's squeezing the, I guess this is at the finale, but he's squeezing the, the, the toothpaste mm-hmm. um, and like studying how it moves and stuff like that. And yeah. he like blends in where he like lays down. It's kind of played like that, but not as over the top. It's way more subdued. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still feels like an alien to this world. I think there's even a line later on where he says, like, you follow human nature perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, not a thing people say. Speaking- He's yeah, he's speaking as if he is not human. Right. Exactly, exactly. Um so he walks to his house, he knocks out a dude like instantly. There's a lot it's kind of I think if if um, McLaughlin played this a lot scarier, it would be really tough to watch cuz we see a lot of Mr. C in this show. And um you know, he commits a lot of acts of violence, but it kind of borders on the like ridiculous, but it still works. 
when he like punches a guy and the guy instantly knocks out it's it's it does still feel like okay this guy is legit and could kill somebody immediately if he wanted to he mm-hmm. chooses not to as we see later and he uh says hi to a guy named otis and this is another like here's a bunch of quote-unquote strange looking people <laughs> Yeah, this is the ableism yeah. I mentioned where that kind of kicks in. There's a guy in a wheelchair, right? right. Just like yeah. non-traditional people. Beulah comes in, he says, where's Ray and Daria? And they come out and he's got his sort of adventuring party. Um, I really like the actor who plays Ray. Um, George Griffith. I feel like it's I've seen good, things. Yeah. But he definitely feels yeah. like what if like Bob had a lackey? That's what he would look <laughs> <It> like. Really, <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Also, right when we meet Mr. C, he's like driving up on the highway at night and they play this his like theme song. Amazing. <laughs> Incredible. Love it. Oh, let's play it to where the lyrics kick in. Yeah. Do we know what song that is? It's a slowed down version of another song, isn't it? It's a slowed down version of a song called American Woman. Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> That's yep. incredible. Yeah. I'm not familiar. American Woman. Not that anyway. one, different one. Oh, okay. Not not so good. Though. Is it Lenny Kravitz, American one. Woman? No. Okay. It's not that one. It's a different... The guess who? American woman, twin peaks. Yeah, there you go. Uh, muddy Monglo- Mon- Magno- Mu- muddy magnolias. There we go. Oh, okay. cool. All right. <laughs> On the soundtrack, it's listed as David Lynch remix. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear David Lynch sing. Uh, Mr. C's music is awesome. Uh, we meet, yeah, all of his weird friends. We have the whole murder thing. And then we get the meat and potatoes of at least this chunk of Twin Peaks, The Return. We are brought to uh, wonderful Buckhorn, South Dakota, where a woman named Marjorie goes down a hallway of either an apartment complex or a hotel with her That's dog, Armstrong. Um, I love this stuff. I hated it the first time I, I saw it. I love it so much. They were like, yo, what if we just put Fargo in here? <laughs> put the whole Fargo. They put all of Fargo. <laughs> oh my God, I was so mad when I watched this the first time. I was like, fuck <laughs> you, David Lynch. You don't care about my time. I have to be places. But once you know, like, this is just where we are. You're like, oh, I can find something fun about it. And when it, when it like actually intersects with the rest of the story, it gets good. But um, I love it. It's so good. The agonizing length of just we're gonna watch this woman walk down the hallway really slowly, and I I said to Magellan, this whole this kind of feels like the shittiest adventure game ever made because <laughs> we need to get into the door because Ruth Davenport's room smells really bad. The police come, she calls them. The police are like, "Do you have a key?" And she's like, "No, I need to get you have it's from this guy." And then she they go outside find the guy, and he's like, "Am I being interrogated? I don't have the key. Go find the guy who has it. He's not here." And they're like, oh, this is so annoying. And then Ruth. Well, they were like, they, and then they're like, can we call him? And he's like, Chip? Chip ain't got no phone. Chip? Chip ain't got no phone. It's so he good. You just can't, can't get hold of it. There's so much like, no, you want that guy? Oh, no, he's with the, his brother. His brother I can talk to, though. And then, of course, Marjorie is like. Oh, I, hey, I have the key. I have a key. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what's up? I have a key. 
And um, I think that this like absurdity makes the the again like violence um, hit way harder because they go in and uh, Ruth Davenport uh, has been decapitated and her body is on top of another person's or her head is on top of another person's body. Yep. Yeah. Um, There's such a like painterly, almost like model aspect to the way a lot of the dead bodies are in yeah it's in this so episode. Interesting. It's like it's like almost like watching a fucked up statue. Almost. You've watched um, Hannibal, right, Ryan? Yeah. Does it give you Hannibal vibes at all? Not quite, because Hannibal feels more like a manga inspired. I see. Whereas, whereas this is more like old timey sculpture kind of vibes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we get we we continue down the South Dakota. You think we're gonna leave, but we're not done here yet. Uh, there's a, an investigator or a autopsy person in Constance. I like her a lot. Detective Dave mm-hmm. comes and they're like, let's see the body. And they're like, wait a minute. The body is a male's body. That's super fucked up and weird. Um, yeah. We cut back to Twin Peaks and we get to see another part that like kind of choked me up, which was just getting to see Margaret Lanterman again. <sighs> yeah. Do we know she's in the season multiple times or are these like her? What are her final scenes? She her scenes are sprinkled out throughout the series. Okay. Okay, that's what I was wondering, because I was like, any of these feels like it could be the last one. The way that she like yeah. says goodbye to Hawk and is like, thank you, I hope to see you soon. Yeah. I was like, this could be the last one. Yeah, The one, the second one of these where she says, I'm too weak to go with you, broke my yep. fucking heart. Oh, yeah. 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 And I th- I don't know if Catherine Coulson was actually on oxygen, but the fact that the log lady is on was. oxygen. She was, yeah. That she's on oxygen they... and head is shaved. Yeah, um... I don't want to go too deep into production. We'll get there, but they, they, re- they, it was, it would, it stuck up on them that she couldn't actually yeah. shoot on location. Mm-hmm. They had to get a second unit to shoot at her home. So this is very much as it is. So, yeah, right, 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 right. Wow. Definitely not, definitely not hiding the fact that, um, she is very close to passing away. Wow. So. Um, it's and it's it's again one of those things I remember people like really shouting out the return for, but we get to see elderly people act and like live their lives yeah. in this mm-hmm. in this version of the show. Because if we're gonna bring those actors back, a lot of them are old, and that doesn't mean we need to like young them up or like give them a hot young sidekick. It's like no, Margaret's old. Like let's let her be right. old and let's let Hawk have white hair. You know, uh, the show does yeah. not shy away from showing that like people age and that's okay and beautiful in some ways. Yeah, and we'll see this throughout the series too, um, where people are, you know, I think this, the credits of this has like you dedicated to like the Catherine Coulson and yeah. Frank, Frank Silva. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see specific episodes where a certain character is featured, well, they'll get a shout out in the credits. So. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, Catherine Coulson, longtime David Lynch friend since before Eraserhead, even. Mm hmm. So you you just feel the uh, respect and and handling a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's 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 really wonderful. Like it and it doesn't in a in an episode that has so much like either really dark stuff or really comedic stuff. This feels completely down the plate. Like Hawk is doing his work. He respects uh, Margaret a lot. This is it. It just feels. I love that about it. It's very sincere. And we go back to South Dakota. And uh, there's some <laughs> fingerprints at the scene of the murder of Ruth Davenport that belonged to the principal of the local high school, Bill Hastings, played incredibly by Matthew Lillard. AKA. Let's go! I fucking love Matthew Lillard. Great actor. He's so... He's 
oh, he's bringing his A game here. Um, he kills it. He, he really, it, really does. Um, the scene where the police come up to his house and he's like, well, I didn't do anything, honey, so I'll be right back. Like, felt weirdly super realistic. Um, mm-hmm. To the point where I'm watching this and I'm like, damn, Shaggy's fucking killing it. Yeah, Shaggy's <laughs> a murderer. This is crazy. <laughs> um, I didn't think about this at all the first time I watched it, which shows where my head is at nowadays. But, like, how funny is it that a white person getting arrested is like, sir, please come with us. And he goes, okay. And then, like, <laughs> comes with them. And they're just like, yeah, you're going to get interrogated. And we're going to talk yeah. to you for now. Well, like, he also doesn't even know the severity of what, what is happening. Yeah, at true. At that point. I think there's a couple moments in part two where I felt like they treated him too lightly, considering they think that he may have killed someone, but... Um, yeah, okay. I mean, he's buddies yeah. with, the, like, the he's, police They're, guy. like, high school friends. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's intentionally yeah. fucked up, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he is taken uh, out and uh, gets arrested. Hawk brings the files to the conference room. We get to see Andy for a couple seconds. That's really good. And his hair is looking great. Absolutely. His hair has Wispy. leveled up. Yeah. I love... I love that you can tell that they tried to make his hair <laughs> as it was. Right. Like, every everything else about him has changed, but the one thing we tried to do was get the hair right. Mm-hmm. It's great. And he's na- so he's nailing the Andy performance. Like, it's basically, it's exactly the same character, which <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why I would be surprised by that. But all everybody's basically doing their character note perfect, which is really cool to see. Yeah, you, you don't always see that in, like, reboots and stuff like that. So, it's really good. Um, they find a cooler in Bill Hastings' like uh back of his car, and it has this like a finger on the outside, and I bet you that cooler has like body stuff in it. It's pretty sketchy. Um, mm-hmm. he gets interrogated and cracks like a fucking walnut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they, they do this whole L.A. <laughs> noir cutscene. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he he really is doing <laughs> doing the thing where he's like, oh uh, no, I don't. His eyes are like darting. His her. eyes yeah, are like exactly. flying Before around, scratching the back of his neck furiously. <laughs> it really felt like I was playing that game. Yeah, it's even framed and, like that. Though. Yeah, and that scene goes on for so long too. And because they start the interrogation, and he says he's going this way, and this this took this amount of time, and he's like, "Wait, but it." So you're saying it took you like an hour to get home, and he's like. No, no, no. There uh, was this other uh, thing. Well. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. They Love like f- they effectively crack him open and he um admits that there was a gap in his activity. And then yeah. that's the actually smart thing he should have done long ago, which is can I actually can I just talk to my lawyer? Like, please? And uh they let him go. Uh not let him go, they but they put him in a holding cell rather. Uh and they get a warrant and they find the flesh. And then uh part one ends with the giant looking at the phonograph again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an abrupt ending. Very. I Cuz this is a two-parter. The um the Blu-ray has an option where you can watch these to get as one long file or whatever, and I yes. watched it that way and I did not until seeing the wiki I didn't know where part 1 ended cuz they don't. Yep. Doesn't have a it doesn't, yeah. doesn't have an intro for part 2. Super abrupt, you know. I I mentioned it off mic, but these two parts are the pilot that David Lynch and Mark Cross wrote to pitch to Showtime. So Right. Makes sense why this would be all one one long one thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's part one. Do we have any straight thoughts before we jump into part two after the break? Um, no. I think it's pretty cool that Hawk is being centered in the like, yep. investigatory yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's great, save for the one weird line where uh, yeah. 
it's mm-hmm. hey, it has something to do with your heritage. Heritage. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. But Hawk, you know, it's awesome. And they like give him a title. I don't think it, it's ever been officially stated that he's the deputy chief. Great. Yep. I love it. Yep. Uh, that was my only thought. Hawk has simply lived yeah. long enough and been com- great at his job long enough that they were like, oh, everyone else is either dead or irrelevant. You're the, you're the <laughs> boss now. Congrats oh, I, to Hawk. Yeah. I had one other random note. Uh, they're in When the creepy box demon comes out and scratches them all up, if you have the subtitles on, the subtitles oh, say, whooshing softly intensifies. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it says, intense otherworld whoosh- otherworldly whooshing. I, need um, I think there's a Twitter there, account that's like just... There. there is a Twitter account that is just these captions. Don't look at it yet until you finish the show. But okay. uh, yes, noted meme in the community. Oh, great. Well, because it's the... <laughs> and I, I tried turning them on while watching because I like subtitles. And also there's a lot of like mumbled lines in here, which I hate, mm-hmm. but I get mm-hmm. it. Um, but they're, they're closed captioning, which is why you get stuff like that. They're not subtitles, which is nice, obviously, and it's good for accessibility, but I'm like, I don't need all of those. They're fun as hell, though, to just see, like, Mysterious Wishing continues. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we got. Let's let's uh, take a brief break, and then we'll get into the real meat and potatoes of this Season 3 premiere with Part 2 of Twin Peaks The Return. Welcome back to Peaks Chats. We're still talking about Twin Peaks The Return, specifically part two, which has the tagline, the stars turn and a time presents itself. Uh, these aired together, as we mentioned, on May 21st, 2017. And we got Lynch directing. We got Mark Frost and David Lynch writing it. It's great. Here we go. The action has begun, folks. Bill Hastings back in South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> We're still here. Oh, my God. Oh my god. <laughs> he do oh be acting. My. Oh my god. Banality of evil. Right away we go from like, oh my god, this nice guy didn't do anything bad to like, oh, maybe he did something bad to his he knows his wife is cheating on him and he's cheating on her. <laughs> it's and so good. it's just like they all everyone becomes the worst instantly. Yeah. Uh, once we hit part two, um, she's sleeping with somebody from like the police office, I guess. And, uh, easily the best part of well, all of this. No, she's sleeping with his lawyer, his friend. Oh, that's his lawyer. I just saw him in the office. Yeah. That's better. Fantastic. And she and runs into him on the way out and says, he knows. Don't walk. Don't me walk out. me I'll out. I'll see you later at my place. Yeah. And, <laughs> have sense. and Hastings also, Bill Hastings also is like, and maybe someone else too. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Phyllis, girl boss energy here. Phyllis, life in prison, Bill. Life <laughs> in prison. Prison. So good. Yeah, it is. And then it turns out that someone else is uh, is Doppelkoop, who yeah. just shoots her in the face. Collapse her. Wait, when, when Hastings is in his cell, we pan over to the right, and there's a man with fucking dark he's got dark skin and white eyes and he disappears it's like me when i want to get out of an awkward conversation 
He like turns <laughs> into a head and flies away. The head, head like flies the, away. The body disappears and then the head floats away. It's so God, funny. That's so good. Really good. Keep keep that guy's cool. We'll uh we'll figure out we'll figure out what's going on there someday, probably. It, it was so funny that it looped around to being really scary. Yes. David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. Um so yeah, she goes back to her house. Uh Mr. C is there. Uh and he's like, Hey, um, but you're bad. You're a bad person. What? No, <laughs> Dead. that's not what he says. He says, You did good. You followed you did good good in behavior. Oh, right. No, you did bad and you're and that's a good thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, so what we know is that it seems like Bill Hastings, what he's guilty of is he was having an affair with this librarian yeah. and yeah. he didn't kill her, I'm guessing. Right. Uh, it seems like he's been framed and Phyllis was a part of framing him and Doppel Cooper wanted to frame him and also uh, Mr. C wants some information from him because later he's talking to Ray and Ray is going right. to get information they, yeah, from his secretary main, yeah, or something. Yeah, they name yeah, they do name drop Hastings there too. Okay. Um Blu-ray Effects Watch 2021. Yes, the shot. The gunshot sh- where Cooper shoots her in the in the head. Um the shot stutters as if like the video file it, like breaks or something. It's like really cool. It's very cool. Undertale invented nothing. <laughs> um yeah cool video effect very much dug that and uh, even though i was watching blu-ray i was like did i did i just see a glitch and then i watched it back and i was like no that's intentional that's great big fan of that there's also a number of scenes throughout this episode where the frame rate slows down before weird weird shit happens Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really nice touch too yeah lots of touches that just are hard to appreciate if you have bad internet and you're like is this <laughs> yeah it also like blends in perfectly we're like is it buffering or yep the, a lot and of the red room you, stuff felt and like then that. you buy the blu-ray and it's like no some of these drops are like intentional in a way that's like <laughs> yeah really it turns fun. out mike was just standing really still <laughs> the mic's up he so was funny. really looking at the glass box for that long yeah uh-huh. yeah. yeah and then i had a little bit of whiplash here because my head like we get two seconds of Battle of Menti score over Las Vegas, Nevada. And it's like, uh-huh. wait, 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 huh? Yeah. Fly? Yeah, yeah. And um, there's this young guy named Roger who goes up to this guy at a desk named Mr. Todd, who's played by the wonderful Patrick Fischler, who's worked with David Lynch a number of times, including on my favorite scene in Mulholland Drive. Yes. If you've seen the Mulholland Drive meme, you know this man. This guy. Yeah, the guy falling down. Yeah, that's him. Um, he's also in Lost, I believe. He's got, he's a character actor. He's been in a shit ton of stuff. Um, and they mention like, why are you working for this guy? And he says like, if you knew who this guy was, he makes you do things. Um, I guess. Oh, do we know who they're talking about? We don't. It, it, it must kind be of, Doppel Cooper. Right? It's like, smashed in between two Doppel Cooper scenes. Exactly. So I feel the directing like, tells us. I feel yeah. like the the show is like telling us without telling us. You know. Right. Yeah. Because that's also right after we learn that he's involved in what's going on in South Dakota, which makes you believe that he has some sort of an empire or just like has right. Right. Yeah. influence all over the country now. And also the fact influence. that his name is not, they don't, they make a point not to say his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something I, I really do appreciate about the return is it doesn't just tell you explicitly stuff like that. But the camera. But also work this sense of like he's so evil that like we we can't mention his name. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like Fishstar's character is like I'm 
I feel weird talking about him. I don't know if I want to talk about him. Yeah. And I work for him. Yeah. And so then we get this scene in a diner, which, hey, reincorporating imagery from Twin Peaks. Um, there's like Ray and Daria and Cooper and uh, a guy named Jack who's just Jack. eating his spaghetti <laughs> I'm dinner. Jack. Jack is me. <laughs> Whenever we're at a diner, I love to order a huge plate of spaghetti. Um, the wiki points out that Cooper's eating creamed corn here, which is fucked up. Um, I did not. I did not even notice. I didn't great. notice either. That's really good, though. I was literally um, thinking, I wonder if they're going to have Garmin Bozia in the return, and it was right there. And It was I right there, and I didn't even it. notice. Yep. He gets mad at Ray because he's like, yeah, you need to do something. He's like, I don't need anything, I, Ray. I have one. the clip right here. Yes, thank you. Because Ray's like, oh, you need this information. Hopefully get mm-hmm. the information you need. Want. Not need. I don't need anything, Ray. If there's one thing you should know about me, Ray, it's that I don't need anything. I want. Alan, do you remember I sent you a screen cap from season one where Audrey, I'm sorry, Cooper is rejecting Audrey. Mm-hmm. And he says, what I want and what I need are two different things. Whoa. Whoa. You just scare the shit out of me, Ryan. Oh my god. <laughs> Is that allowed? <laughs> That's so, so good. I I had that in mind, so I thought that was a fun thing. Cooper and Bob are bleeding to each other. This is awesome. Well, and the point is that Cooper in that moment is saying, "Well, you know, Audrey, I want to do stuff with you, but that's Yeah, they're they're inverse. And they're, uh yeah. And this doppelganger is the is the reverse of that. Yeah. But he's also what I like about this is he says it so many times in a row that it's like, okay, but you it seems like you need it. <laughs> and Ray <laughs> yeah. even says like he's, that. He's, he's like, compensating okay. kind of. Yeah. I like the way that Ray like pokes at him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Ray's the only person here who knows how to effectively like get under uh doppelganger cooper's skin but then the episode gets a little bit weirder we go back to the woods in twin peaks and hawk is searching through the woods at night very creepy uh calls the log lady on his cell phone or gets a call from her rather and she says the stars turn and the time presents itself which is the the slogan of the episode Mm -hmm. and she says you should stop by i have pie and coffee oh margaret and um Mm -hmm. Hawk says it'll have to be after I, i do this i have to do some stuff he arrives at glastonbury grove once again and the red drapes appear and disappear, and we are back in the red room, folks. Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm guessing the reason that the log lady says that is because there's like a certain there's certain times where Glastonbury Grove like opens up, right? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that a thing? And they explicitly the said that. Yeah, yeah, that was established in in season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so is that why? Because they we get into some of this stuff about how the doppelganger is like supposed to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that why it's like the time it's his time to go back or something? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Those two things are connected. Hmm. Like the time being that it's going to be open for him to get out and for you to potentially see inside yeah. or whatever. Yeah, because he told he Doppel Cooper tells Daria later on like he has to they want me to go back in this place called the Black Lodge, but I'm not yeah. going back. But fuck yeah. that. Inside the red room, uh Al Grobel is back um as Mike 
And he asks, Love, I love, I love that delivery so much. Yeah, future. It's so scary and like I don't know. Very yeah, they 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 made a very deliberate choice in these red room scenes to not pronounce the things exactly how you would say them forward. Like they all sound a little weird, mm-hmm. um, which I think adds to the effect really well. And then our the star, the real star of the show. Well, we get you know the Venus <laughs> Smile statue. We get all that stuff. Whatever. Cheryl Lee is back. Oh, I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> I, th- I really thought you were talking about that. I thought you were going to say Cooper. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the real Cooper is here, and that's great. I was just happy to see Shirley looking beautiful and incredible. Yeah, Shirley's back. Here's my interpretation of this, because as we said before, the Red Room stuff is meant to be like vague-ish and up to mm. the viewer's interpretation. My interpretation is that Cooper's memories of after 25 years are starting to fade. So he's mm. confused. He's like, are you Laura Palmer? Aren't you dead am i dead what's going he's just confused mm. here mm. that's interesting um, i like that yeah um he, he it's starting to to go out to like go out of his immediate memory and she yeah. even says the the line i feel like i know her but sometimes my arms bend back which is exactly what they say in like season two so yeah and then yeah. well then he asks her again and she says i am laura palmer i'm dead yet i live but i I don't know, because the finale of season two kind of uh, created this ambiguity where it seemed like there was a another Laura, like there Maddie showed up and was like, hey, that's not Laura. And then she had the doppelganger eyes and stuff. So is this Laura's doppelganger? Is this some other no. entity? It, the doppelganger would have the eyes. Right. Because Laura is also in the lodge. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is just unambiguously, this is Laura Palmer. Uh, I think it's ambiguously Laura Palmer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing unambiguous in the Red Room, unfortunately. Lodge, Red Room, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, and specifically she opens her face and a white light comes out of it. So cool! Yes, that's so true. cool! People opening their face, one of my favorite visual effects that they use. Like, it looks awesome. She got the mask, just like we saw the Caroline mask in season two. It's odd. It's great. Light comes out. Um, she oh, does- <laughs> I was so confused. Caroline mask. Caroline. Yeah, you don't remember the Caroline. See, we've been poisoned by season two. We, we I remember too God. many things. Um, Car- what, what do you say? I haven't felt Caroline this mask? excited. Windham Earl ma- leaves a mask. Windham Earl yeah. leaves a mask, like a random mask. Oh, it's Caroline's face. Stop it. Okay. No, I haven't felt this excited since I ruptured. Caroline's aorta. Yeah. Oh, oh God. 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 I want to go home. Mom, pick me up. Mom, pick me up. Mom, come pick me up. Um, once again, he asks him if it's future or past. I noted here because I was like, how old is Kyle McLaughlin? Like, what, what's what's the age that we're playing with here? And playing with. Um, he was so he was 32 in 1991. He was 32 when he did Twin Peaks. So he's 57 mm. in the show. And uh, if you go back to like episode three or whatever it is that the red room scene happens in yeah that scene is supposed to be 25 years later and it and looks like put, shit the old man they makeup? put they put oh, aging makeup on right. him and it looks so much worse than what he looks like now right. they like they like overshot <laughs> it's yeah, really funny. exactly like that's not what a 57 year old would have looked like that's like a 77 year old yeah. it, and also know, it's i feel just like, like it always works that way with old age makeup where you see them actually older and it's like oh yeah not even close yeah. And it's also just like Kyle McLaughlin is still an attractive man. So yes. it's yeah. like, yeah. damn, Cooper didn't crack, you know? Yep. 
His hair still looks gray. Face looks gray. It's good. It's a good looking guy for sure. Um, so then uh, another sad uh, missing cast. Uh, we are reintroduced to the well, arm. We have more Laura stuff. Oh, there's, yeah. What other Laura stuff? Oh, she does the, the scream, obviously. She Well, she whispers into Cooper's ear. This is really important, actually. Yeah. Oh. She, like, she did, they recreate the, the whisper scene where she right. goes over, she kisses Cooper like she does in the original series, and yep. then she whispers in Cooper's ear, and mm-hmm. then Cooper freaks the fuck out at whatever like, oh, she's oh, whispering shit. at him. Well, it's funny because right. in the original series, he says, like, like I think she makes it more explicit what she was trying to tell. Like we we understand immediately that what she said in the original series was before we even actually hear it. We know that she said the identity of the killer. Here yeah, we don't even right. know like what was the question that she right. answered. Well, yeah, I mean, there, I don't think there is a question. There's no question. She just whispers. She just something, tells him right? something. Okay, that's yeah, great. We, we see the same moment, but I think we're made to feel like there's some new piece of information that we yeah. don't know. Like, and whatever it is, it's like it has unsettled Cooper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's normally and, such a like composed person, right? And then after that is when she flies out of the red room. Yeah. Something whisks which, her away and it seems like it's bad. Whatever yeah, it's happened. Un- very unsettling, those sequence of events. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's... That stuff's gonna be super interesting to keep track of as we go along. We um, also then, right after that happens, see the curtains come up and see the pale horse. The pale horse, the horse is back. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I debated if this was archival footage. I, it, based on what I've looked at, like from shots from the original show, it might be the original the horse. It's 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 CG then. It's just yeah. Because I was wondering, like, did they just do a CG horse or did they use the exact same one? Uh, I don't know. Regardless, the horse is back. It's great to see the horse again. Yeah. Um, and then, like I was saying, we see the arm, uh, who is no longer Michael Anderson. When mm. your friendship dissolves with an actor, what can you do but replace him <laughs> with a CG tree? And how do you let everybody know it's him? Well, Except. I love the last bit because it's clearly supposed to be the, but yeah. it's a it's a brain that, that doesn't have a mouth, so that <laughs> it's so it's great. <laughs> it's so funny. It sounds like a brain trying to do that voice. This is so good. Keep that voice, that sound in your head. I think that sound uh we'll hear it again. Mm-hmm. And the arm is just like what does he even tell Cooper? If you remember, he's like, do you remember your doppelganger? And we have to return it for you to leave. There has to be a swap, basically. Yeah. Surprisingly, this character gives us the most straightforward information. Yeah. It gives us our quest. Character. It gives it establishes the hero's journey. He's like, hey, there's a doppelganger. It's supposed to come back. It You can't leave until it comes back. So, yeah, that's what I got. Anyway, <laughs> if you don't hurry, then it's going to be a small period of time where you can you guys can swap. Yeah. And another moment where, you know, these otherworldly things are changing over time. The arm has evolved. And of course it has. Uh, of course. Like when you see this thing, it just makes it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You look like that yeah. now. Very weird. I love I love how strange it is. It's delightful. Does he, I think he I think the arm warns him of his doppelganger as well. Of his, of his own doppelganger, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the whole 
then Cooper's running around the red room and the black lodge and the, some of the curtains don't work and we get like weird jump cuts where he can't move. And then he's not supposed to be able to leave because his doppelganger isn't back. But then he's ejected from the red room by the arms doppelganger, which is another electric tree with a brain. But this one's a yellow brain. And, <laughs> and so it's like the we know reverse it's flash. And, yeah. Shaky cam. You know it's evil when they're shaky cam. Oh my god, it looks so it looks so bad. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> I liked where the floor fell apart. That was awesome. That looks cool, yeah. That's and a it's a cool effect, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. And it said non-existent. Non-existent. <laughs> and then Cooper's in fucking space. <laughs> yeah. He goes on a Cooper's spectral in space. journey. He goes through the box, then he goes back into space. Who knows what's happening? This is one of those. This is one of those moments where I'm like, "Yep, David Lynch has his show back." <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. So what? All we know is there's some something kicked Cooper out of the red room, and that seems to be not in line with the wishes or the rules of the arm or Mike. They don't they don't think that that's great. Mike says something's wrong. So Cooper's out or going out, but not in not in a way that is good. Apparently, also not necessarily in linear time. Just if you assume that the show is happening in linear time, because um, Tracy is still going up to the thing that that night when Cooper comes out this time. Right. I think I think those are happening concurrently. You're saying there's a ver- there's a world where the thing kills them and then Cooper comes out? No, Cooper comes out first my, and then goes my, away. Yeah, and then Cooper comes out, oh. goes away, and then they go back into the room. That's why they come back think. to them. Oh, Because okay. there's the whole scene where they look into the other room, and that's when Cooper shows up. And then Oh, see, that actually yeah. makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. By the way, one of the things in the Red Room that... Uh, oh, and I guess you can make the assumption that the, the monster that attacks them was following Cooper. Maybe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's connected to Cooper, certainly. Yeah. Um, that just, we forgot to mention, but one of the shots in the red room is <laughs> Cooper walks by Ray Wise, Leland fucking oh, Palmer, yeah, 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 yeah. who, Magellan said, looks like he needs to be burped. <laughs> so funny. He's like, his neck is fully rolled up and his eyes are bulged out like he's got to throw up. make this face. <laughs> crunched up like a ball look like you really need to scream something or you really need to fart or whatever and you just let me show you this selfie i took earlier today <laughs> yeah it's extremely Make lower like face self-facing camera <laughs> selfie um he says find laura uh-huh thank you i will yeah. i'll do okay, my best leland. all right leland all right leland go off we wanted ray wise to be in the show and we put him in here for two seconds okay bye <laughs> yeah. yeah um so we're back in Twin Peaks. Uh, we jumped over a little bit of Mr. C stuff that I really enjoyed. Um, Daria is really afraid of Mr. C. They're in. Oh, oh he squishes Jack's face. What the Jack's fuck? Face. That was really <laughs> that was done in such a creepy way because he just like rubs his face and then the camera like freezes. And then yeah, you learn later that he's dead as if he slid yeah. the soul out. I think you know what it is. I think Mr. C kills people in so many different ways in this show. They can't all be bloody. You know, he shoots someone mm. through a pillow. He punches somebody in the face so hard they die. He, you know, does all this stuff. He shoots multiple people. Um, sometimes he just has to, like, steal your soul or something or just pull your soul out of your body. That's why I interpreted that. 
is that he's just like jacking your face. Blah 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 blah. Okay, you're gone. I, I've I just you. I thought it was another David Lynch. This guy's face is funny moment. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's, it can be both things. Yeah. Um. So Jack's gone. Rest in peace. Daria's on the phone with somebody. We learned that it's Ray. Um, I hate, hate, hate that Mr. C has a tape recorder. That feels inappropriate to me. <laughs> I know it's intentional, Why? but it's it's wrong. That's not yours. Don't touch that. You can't have a tape recorder. That's Cooper's. He's Cooper. His name's Cooper. No, that's not my Cooper. Hashtag not well, my that's, Cooper. That's well, the it's whole also, thing. It's also the, I know. It's also, and I guess we'll talk about this in a minute with a uh, different scene. With It's the same scene, but it's later where mm-hmm. like he has this all this like weird technology shit yeah contributing to my like alien read or like mm-hmm. for some reason this alien is really good with technology i guess i don't know right um, yeah I, th- he get- I think something that his use of technology brings into question a little bit is there like he's got access to FBI databases and like an FBI <laughs> Wild. computer Wild. and Daria and Ray still call him Cooper. So yep. there's yeah. like an extent to which he's moving through the world as if he's Dale Cooper. Yes. Literally. And I, like he also makes a call. We'll talk about the Philip Jeffries thing as if yeah. like, it's like, Oh, Hey, Philip Jeffries, it's me, Cooper. And it's like, have people not figured out in the last 25 years that there's something up with you? Do they still think you're Cooper? Do you have access to like new stuff because you're pretending to be, you're pretending to be an FBI agent? I don't know. Um, Does the doppelganger have Cooper knowledge because you know Cooper's username and password? Did they have usernames and (laughs) passwords in 1991? Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of questions. I think he's a hacker. I think he's a hacker. I think he's, he's a magic, magical hacker. Sure. I think. I think. I think there's like a loose connection there between like that and like the electricity theme mm-hmm. kind of going on. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. That's kind of the way I justify it in my head because it's a little, little silly. I vibe with that. Yeah, he has like a phone sk- skimmer and like all this this like laptop computer briefcase thing. It's pretty cool. He's like Q from James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Daria and Ray are planning to betray Mr. C. It goes terribly. Um, Ray apparently got a call from someone named Jeffries where to understand that this is Philip Jeffries. Um, I remember right. this being one of the most contentious things. Wait, which scene are we talking about? There's two things. So one, Ray's on the phone with Daria, and he says, I got a call from Jeffries. Then Mr. C calls somebody who we're supposed to understand is Jeffries. Well, are we going to talk about Daria getting murdered or no? Daria, okay. Yeah, in between we, all of this stuff, yes. Yeah. Uh, Daria, he realizes that she's betraying him. He kind of toys with her for a while. She keeps trying to get it away. He's way too strong. And then uh, covers her face with a pillow and shoots her in the head. Yeah. Um, he he has the magical tape recorder and fa- finds out that they're being paid to kill him. They're being paid not enough money to kill him, honestly. Yeah, five hundred thousand you know, split between them. Half, they're splitting a million. Bullshit. No, splitting half a million, which is even less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, they are splitting a million. They're getting. They're each getting half. Which Eve is getting not half a million. Money for still not guy. agreed. Yeah. Also, yeah, why um, this is dumb? But why does his tape recorder? How can it record both sides perfectly? Yeah, no, it's dumb. <laughs> you know, you just got to take it. You know, I don't know. <clears throat> he tells her he wants what is on this card. He shows her a playing card with a demonic figure on it. Yeah. File that away. Um, and then the, rest the, whole, the whole scene with 
I, I, I don't know what we can really say about it, but the whole scene with him and Daria is so fucking unnerving and scary. Yeah. Yep. And it's yeah, like, I don't know. It's like the original run of Twin Peaks would, would only do this sort of thing every once in a while. And now it's like, this is, this is part of the show. This, this sort of violence or this just evil has become banal. The evil has become like standard. Uh, We're used to this kind of violence on television now, which is really fucked. I guess so. Yeah. I guess that's, that's what it is. But yeah, it just was, that scene was a lot and I thought it was well done, Um, but it was like really overwhelming to watch. Yeah. Colin McLaughlin is great though. There is one part of this that always makes me laugh. And it's where Daria like tries to settle with Cooper and Cooper just goes, shut up, Daria. Shut up, Daria. <laughs> and like this really like plain matter of fact way that makes me laugh. It sounds it, way it more also, like Kyle McLaughlin than the rest of this does. Yeah, it also did make me laugh a little bit when she said, are you going to kill me? And he said, yes, Daria. Like, yes, yes, Daria. Honey. Yes, honey. Oh, I'm and he also you. says that fucker Ray. <laughs> <laughs> that fucker Ray. Um, yeah, it's uh, sorry. I, I struggle to talk about it because it is just really unsettling and. Yeah. You know, this is Mr. C. We're doing the classic, like, violence to women. And, like, the fact that she's in lingerie the whole time and she's trying to, like, cuddle up with him yeah. and the camera lingers on yeah. her. It's, like, it's uncomfortable in the ways that these people making the show know it is. Yeah, and also there's, you know, going back to, like, the dead bodies in the show have a very, like, artistic quality to them. We see, like, her Cooper, you know, shoots her in the head and then we see under and it's... It feels like yeah, something David Lynch, David Lynch got in with some like paint brushes and stuff and was like, this is how I want it to look like, you know, it, it's not it's not framed unlike when we first see Laura's body in the first episode. Yeah, of the show. it's like, right. yeah, whereas whereas Laura is kind of like an angelic sort of deal. This is more like grimy. Yeah, it's like this. It's like the same concept, but, you know, not on the same scale because Laura is. Laura is super important to the show where this is just like a random person, but it's still the same principle in, t- in terms of how you're depicting um, somebody in death. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, again, well, let's talk about the Philip Jeffries thing that, that comes after this. Yeah. Um, he does some digging through an FBI database. He downloads the map of a, lo- a local prison. He's going to probably break somebody out of prison, I guess. Um, and Daria's uh, gone. Well, yeah, Ray claims that he was arrested for bringing weapons over state lines and now he's in that prison <laughs> he's like you really so, expect evil, me to believe that and evil cooper clearly does not believe this <laughs> he's like, that's too stupid Come yeah on. yeah don't say but he's, that's- he's going there anyway because it's the best lead he's got yeah right on whatever yeah. he needs he needs what's on that playing card um so if they couldn't get the david bowie for this david bowie's not in Twin Peaks to return, but Philip Jeffries is, and he talks to a guy, and he's like, "Hey, Philip," and I guess they're like doing some plans together. This confused the is, shit out of me. Well, is that Philip it's not? Jeffries, it's though? not Philip it's Jeffries. Not Philip okay, Jeffries. so let's just say it. People were flipping their shit when this came out. They were like, "It has to be Philip Jeffries," and then people were like, "No, it literally can't be. It's not David Bowie." So it's we get we get the idea that Cooper and Jeffries have a correspondence. But in this scene, Cooper is freaked out by the end because he doesn't know who he's talking to. Yes. He right. assumes it's Jeffries at the start. By the end of the scene, um, he's, he knows that something is off. Right. This episode drops a hint 
the first thing the voice on the other line says, I missed you in New York. Oh, uh, it's the billionaire. Oh, so, right, that stop, stop. Maybe? We can't. Let's uh, thank you, Ryan. So, that is that well, is I'm not, what spoil- we have I'm not spoiling on. anything, I'm going off of stuff that's in the two episodes. Yeah, yeah. So, we have the one hint is that something involving the New York location, and that's kind of it. Um, oh, and and it also sends like you're going back in, and I will be with Bob again. So, Mm. it's kind of what we have to go on so far but it's definitely not jeffrey's yeah that's great i love that um and then he also meant the the person on the other line mentions that uh they met with garland briggs and uh called to say goodbye oh yeah 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 a brief mention um so he logs into the he gets the yanked in federal prison uh maps yeah. he go, this is the part that where i messaged you Mitchell, and he goes to the motel room next door and meet and talks to chantal uh Who's just another woman? And I was just like, yeah, Mister C just has like a Rolodex. He just is like, okay, who's the next like young beautiful woman I can uh, be? I like how to? just people people are. There's some people in this world who are just gonna be into him. You yeah. Know? Yep. Sometimes it's just oh. like that. There we go. You're nice and wet. Ew. Ew. Yep. Those are that. That's one of those lines where I'm like, yep, my John clip that. <laughs> <laughs> Owned, ruined, destroyed. Uh, just hearing Kyle McLaughlin say that, I was like, okay, yep. gotta clip it. It's <laughs> my job. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're nice and wet. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, no. No. You don't say Kyle. things like that. No matter how evil your character is. No I also is. just like, you know, the fidelity is such that he is nowhere near <laughs> nowhere near that area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. But, but they still play it. And I think that's super charming. <laughs> um, so at this point, chronologically, the Cooper getting out of the, the red room happens. And then uh, Sarah Palmer is back, y'all. Remember Sarah Palmer? Oh, Joyce, God, this scene Joyce is so fucking creepy amazing i love it so much she smokes alone in her house in the dark watching on repeat presumably animals mauling each other to death and she seems kind of riveted by it but also occasionally it's like zooming like getting closer like wait what am i looking at yeah she seemed like numb to it until it like crosses a certain line i feel yeah it's lions killing an african buffalo and she's just like just really really fucking violent we linger on it quite a bit I'm really glad they got her back for this show. I would have it would have felt like it's missing something essential without uh, her. So, um, yeah, that's our Sarah. That's our Sarah Palmer update for the week. And then we're back at the Roadhouse. It's Twin Peaks oh, again yeah. in the last five this minutes. Hell yeah! Everything you guys wanted is here finally. Yeah, I the- really like the way this wraps up. Um, we're just like, hey. You just saw some fucked up shit. Yep. Here's the roadhouse. Yeah. You want to hear a blonde lady singing in front of a blue background? You got it. Yes. Yes, I definitely do. Um, You want to see James again? There he is. He's smiling bigger than you've ever seen it. I texted him. You want to see Shelly hanging out with the girls? Shelly's here too. With her pals? Yeah. Yeah. And she's got, she's flirting with a new man. It's great. Just everything about this. First of all, um, this is something to look forward to. There's a lot of these like live performances in, uh, in the return. They like, yeah generally this is the wrapper in which the tv show happens where you see twin peaks and then at the end there's a performance and credits yes and this one's the my most the, the 
probably, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's the one I remember the most because the Chromatics are just a really cool band and the lead singer has a beautiful voice. Um, yeah, and I like the effort. We'll see later on too. Like the lyrics are almost always like fitting. To yeah, the show. yeah. Mm. Um, it's called this, Shadow. I I always thought this song was written by Lynch, but it isn't. It's just written by the Chromatics. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Or it's a Shadow, take me down with you for the last time. Hmm. You're in the water. I'm standing on the shore, still thinking that I hear your voice. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, um, very Twin Peaksy. Yeah. Lo- that must be so cool to be the chromatics and like david lynch and company are like do you want to perform live on our show we're gonna film it that's so dope um and yeah an older shelly is here with her lady friends uh yep. james has a guy friend and hangs out with him <laughs> uh and we get the most iconic line of recent twin peaks memory which is uh james was always cool says shelly and they're like is james okay james is still cool he's always been cool it feels like it's going to fade into like an 80s song. <laughs> like, don't you forget about me. It's going to start. Um, James yeah. was always cool. This is proof that Lynch and company are using the return to respond to what people thought about Twin Peaks <laughs> and what they wanted. <laughs> yeah. This one, this is a cheeky version of it, but they sincerely do it. And the rest of this, this, the show is like, okay, you, we know what you guys hate. You guys think James is annoying. Well, no, in our universe, James was not only cool. He's always been cool. Yeah, I it's a couple of things about this scene. One, I a lot of people talk about the season as like a critique on nostalgia, and that's definitely part of it. But yeah. there's also aspects where they're playing into it, and you know, I think it's played how nostalgia is played. Sometimes it's like really shallow, um, and you realize they have rose-tinted glasses, and other times there are genuinely good ro- moments that you hang on to, and mm-hmm. I think this. I think this season represents both. I think reintroducing James and Shelley in this moment of levity is sort of the aspect of like, hey, we're back. It's really cool to be back. Here's some characters you like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And also, I love this set, and I love that you can just smell the beer. In this. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. So gosh darn good. I freaking love it. Um. I also so like the sense that this scene gives that the town is a lot more crowded than, than yeah. it used yeah. to be. It actually yeah. is starting to feel like Twin Peaks is 55,000 people or whatever it says on the sign instead of, yeah. you know, 500 people like it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely agreed with that. It feels like uh, time has passed. People have had kids. People like, but generations have lived since, since the, the theories, which is a lot to take in. Oh man. We did it though. We talked about. Um, do we have any stray notes on part two before I? Yeah. There? The the part where Cooper goes to the box, I like in in a cartoon manner that his face, his body smashes on the roof and then fades in like a <laughs> goddamn cartoon. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen. Uh, I <laughs> no, I saw a clip of of it's either this or it's a later like Cooper floating scene where it's like. They just showed Kyle McLaughlin being like, oh, and David Lynch has to be like, oh, just pretend uh, you're in infinity. You're eating shit. It sucks. Uh, you're really. <laughs> now really fall, funny. fall. And then fall. It, yeah, falls. Honestly, yeah. the be, be, the behind the scenes footage of that part where everything's shaking and he falls down looks better than the weird digital the scene. Thing <laughs> that they did the real thing. Um, yeah. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin. I, w- in episodes to come we'll say more of this but he's so good at uh 
abstract performances because he's not in across both these episodes. He's not really playing a human character at all. He's playing Doppel Cooper. Who's an alien man. And he's (laughs) playing Cooper stuck in the red room, 25 years, not really saying much and not really understanding what's going on. And I don't know how as an actor you make that work, but he makes it work and makes it make sense. Makes it look um, easy also. Yeah. Especially when some of the people you're playing off of is a CGI tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. right. And they're saying all their lines backwards and yeah. Mm-hmm. All that. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's what we have for parts one and two of Twin Peaks The Return. Uh, a thrilling beginning to an adventure that we're going to be oh man having a great time with yeah yeah it's going to go places i'm so relieved to be only watching one episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> this felt like a lot um, yeah. um and we can dig in way way deeper i mean there was even stuff in three, here that i felt like we could have dug into more so three yeah three and four were aired together but it was only because showtime wanted all showtime they they premiered one and two as one feature um, uh-huh. edited together yeah and then they put three and four on streaming right um oh according yeah. to according to the ceo it's because they felt like by episode four you had a better idea of what the series was going to be mm. um and i i tend to agree with that but um we're gonna do it separate because because th- this is very intentionally one episode whereas the other mm. ones are just not not in the same way so gotcha gotcha groovy oh, god i can't i can't wait for the next part of season three <laughs> it's gonna be great oh, oh my god uh okay okay but we'll talk about it yes indeed so next week we're watching season uh, part three there are no good summaries of twin Peaks the return online part three um, is just called call for help perfect incredible that's all you need yeah. to know um so let's take it to the plug zone um john can you take this one please sure if you'd like to get in touch with the show you have a few options you can email us chatspot at gmail.com questions comments feedback uh theories if you're watching the return for the first time with us we love all of those things you could send an audio recording of yourself to anything that you want to send in we'll read it on the show because we love to do that. You can also follow us on Twitter at ChatsPod. You can join a community of fellow listeners over at reddit.com slash r slash ChatsPod who are listening back through old seasons of the show. And you can chat with those fellow listeners as well on our Discord, which is a benefit for all of our patrons, patrons, a dollar and up, over at patreon.com slash ChatsPod. If you back us at $1, you get the Discord access and some other stuff. Uh, including some my solo X-Files coverage. If you back us at $3 a month, you get thrice monthly bonus content. We have a huge backlog of bonus content by this point, years of it, uh, movie commentaries, pi- us piloting shows, other random things. And then at $5 a month, you get thanked at the end of our episodes, just like Kat, Marcus, Nick and Pat of the Brothers at Infinite War, Fendon, Six, Stefan, and Jen. Thank you folks for being $5 patrons. And of course, thanks as always to Camilla for creating our podcast art. You can find her at Camillustrator on various social media platforms. And thank you to Ryan for joining us uh, 
for this entire coverage of the return. Ryan, do you have any plugs that you want to share with the folks? Uh, no. All I have is you can find me at BluestRose430 on Twitter. You will understand that reference at the end of next episode. Yeah. Oh. oh. Uh, well, besides the plugs, we also like to give little recommendations, little chatsums, things to snack on between now and next time, media recommendations or experiences or whatever it is. Uh, so Ryan, you're, you're our illustrious guest. Do you want to start with your chatsum for this week? Yeah. Uh, this week I want to shout out the album forever in your heart by black dresses. Um, black dresses is a noise pop band, um, from Canada, um, they are two queer women um, that often make this like abrasive sounding music that explores themes of just like living in the fucked up society that we do. Um, their albums are super hit and miss with me, but I really love the one that they put out this year. Um, it is very uh, rock oriented. There's a lot of guitars, very like riff driven um, in a lot of songs. Um and the opening song, Peace Sign, is one of my favorites. Um, uh, it is an abrasive metal riff um, that it sounds impenetrable the first time you hear it, but it ends up being a song about, you know, trying to move forward in the world, trying to make art, trying to live your life in a way that is productive when you have no hope for society. And I feel like that message was really inspiring to me. So um, that is an album that has stuck with me throughout the year. Um, and I just wanted to give it a shout out on an episode that more people are going to be listening to. So nice. Yeah. I didn't mean to send this at while you were talking, but Anthony Fantano <laughs> reviewed that album in the first yep. frame of the review is him looking exhausted. I bet you he liked it though. He did. That's good to hear. Thank goodness. <laughs> Alan, what about you? What's your chat? Some, I had a couple chatsums that I was debating, but I think one that there's no way anyone else picked um, is uh, if folks follow us uh, are on Patreon or support us on Patreon, they're in the chats discord and they know that I have been going through a Matrix sequel rewatch um, recently uh, in preparation for the new film coming out on Christmas. Um, and I just finished my rewatch. So um, I rewatch. I only watched the sequels to be to be uh, exact. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the Matrix one many times. We did a commentary chat stuff, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But I hadn't rewatched Reloaded or Revolutions uh, since I originally saw them. Um, I know I, ch- I think I chat some of the Animatrix, but all that together, I finished Revolutions last weekend, and um, those sequels are really good, yo. They're like surprisingly good, and they hold up really well. I don't think the CG is that bad. I understand all the complaints about them. I do think they're a little bit jargony, like the Wachowskis just do be like that. They, um just people don't talk like people but maybe just watching all this david lynch stuff has gotten me used to that and so when people talk about philosophy in the matrix revolutions and just like wax poetical i'm like yeah that's how people that's normal to me now <laughs> i'm i'm adjusted so um yeah check out uh, both the reloaded and revolutions i think they they definitely work as a companion but they're meant to be seen together they were it was assigned as a longer movie so that that adjusts mm-hmm. some of the pacing problems with the second one but mm-hmm. um yeah, really good stuff in both of those movies. And I'm very, very, very excited for the new one. Nice. Hey John, what about you? Um, okay, I've got a couple things. First off, I want to chat some something that Alan put me on to that 
is a really great uh it's a really great youtube channel content creator oh yeah and it, her name is moon does she pronounce a moon cat moon yeah cat? she pronounces moon it moon cat, cat. uh it's spelled m-u-n-e-c-a-t and moon cat does it's kind of commentary youtube but it's much more uh research it's, it's like much better researched and she really dives into like the kind of uh, material side of things like her critiques of shitty. There's like one that's about like the shitty TikTok pickup artist guy. And it's not like these other commentary YouTube YouTubers where it's like, Oh, he's so sexist. She's like, and here's his, uh, you know, uh, the way that he makes sales to people and the way that he makes money and what that looks like. And that's pretty cool. She has a good video on Gary V called Gary V, the youth pastor of capitalism that is, I think been blowing up recently for her. So Mooncat is, is great and a good addition to the YouTube channels that you currently watch. Um, and then I've been reading a bunch of books lately. Okay. Uh-oh. And I've Uh-oh. got some book recommendations. If you like the return it probably means that you like it when people go back to themes that they've looked at previously in their career, but with a new perspective. You probably like humor interspersed with surprising violence. You probably like visuals that are rudimentary in a way that makes them really artful. And so that means you'll probably really like the newest book by Ann Carson, my very favorite writer, called H of H Playbook which is a translation of an ancient Greek tragedy called Heracles, but it's a translation done in the form of something that looks kind of like a scrapbook of her, like having clippings of, of typed lines interspersed with hand-drawn illustrations. It's a little abstract. It's unclear. Like when chronologically this translation is positioned, sometimes things rhyme, sometimes they don't. It's it's really good. It's really hard to explain, and it's really good. H of H Playbook. And it has a v- actually very similar vibe to The Return. I, I can confidently say, if you like The Return, you would like this book. Um, wow. Yes. And then the other thing I would recommend is kind of an odd book that I've become aware of recently um, that I've been looking at called 99 Variations on a Proof. It is a book where this mathematician takes this cubic equation and then he proves it in 99 different ways. And a lot of them are like math ways that I don't understand. And some of them are like the screenplay proof or the monosyllabic proof. It's just kind of this book. That's a riff and a meditation on what does it mean to prove something? What does it mean for mathematics that there are these sort of like stodgy standards of communicating about math? Is there a way to kind of get at like the beauty of math or like communicating it that breaks free of these things? It's just really cool to see, I don't know, someone have that perspective on mathematics because I've never really seen something like that. So if you like math and you like these sort of like kind of Ars Mathematica sort of philosophical questions, 99 variations on a proof. So those are my recs. Delicious. And, um, while we're in the book zone, can I talk about a book real quick? Yes, book zone. Yeah. Book zone. So 
um, between our recordings of season two and season three, I read the autobiography of FBI Special Agent oh, Cooper. God. My life, my tapes. Oh, it is a. No. It is. It's a novel that came out after uh, the Diary of Laura Palmer. It is written by Scott Frost. I will say, if you like the dumb parts of season two, you'll be right at home <laughs> oh, in boy. this book. Dale Cooper. It starts when it is. It has a very similar structure to the Laura Palmer book in that it starts off when Cooper is twelve or thirteen, um, and he's talking into his tapes, and he is written like he talks in the show, except he is a child. Hmm. That it is a coming of age story. It's like what if, like what if. Um, uh, young Sheldon and like boyhood was like Twin Peaks, oh you know, <laughs> you're, you're growing up with Dale Cooper. Dale Cooper yeah. is learning about all sorts of things. He uh, turns out is very horny and you understand why he has an affair with Caroline Earl. It's because he cannot help himself. This man is very horny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I had fun reading most of it. There are things that are really bad and are uh, sort of demonstrative of the things that we did not like about the Scott Frost episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, very like I would read a certain line and like be there's an there's a character whose life is changed by the fact that they got sexually assaulted a lot in prison, mm-hmm. which is like next level, like r- terrible Um and that kind of stuff makes you want to not recommend the book. But if you're able to overlook that stuff, I think it's a fun read. Um, but it's it's all I wouldn't say it's good. Mm. <laughs> That's um, good. And I have one more chat. I have one more chat. Some and it's a uh, Tusk by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, oh my gosh. Wait, Ryan, hold on. What's your favorite song on that? <laughs> Tusk. Oh, good. OK, I agree. Yeah, I can't. Never mind. I'm not gonna, don't get me started. I've learned in my one of the greatest lessons I've learned in my 20s is to not let people wind you up. Control your energy. I I just I really like that bit. Sorry. No, I, I was just thought it was a funny bit. Yeah, Magellan texted <laughs> me like the, a week later and was like, "That was a great bit." And I was like, "Oh, sometimes we're funny." Anyways, thank you to Ryan for being the Hold on. I got this. I have to do two every week now. This sucks, fam. Uh, hmm. Thank you for being. Wait, what do you what do you mean? You have to do two every. Week? I have to win one for you and one for Magellan. Oh yeah. Thank you I'm for sorry. being the Daria to my Ray. That seems totally safe and fine to that say, except fine. you die, that's unfortunately. Fine. That's fine. That's yeah. Fine. And um, Magellan, thank you for being. <laughs> What's the girl's name? What's the girl's name? The one that does the thing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're gonna nail this. I'm gonna. I'm keeping all of this, by the way. Please, Magellan. Um, the fucking uh, what's his face? Sam. Tra- thank you for being the Sam. Tracy, yeah. Sam to my Tracy, and thank you for listening to Peaks Chats. Damn fine podcast. I'm gonna have to change that at some point, but we're Shit. gonna keep it for now. <laughs> That's the whole clip. <laughs> no, I stopped it early. Uh, shoot. <laughs> Did not hear the whole thing. Shoot. Damn, Tracy. Sorry, you can't come in. <laughs> Damn. Tr- You're a bad <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
so secretive. You're making me go crazy. <laughs> Real lines. Should I hit stop? Yeah, let's hit stop.